Hi, this is Jeff Payne, Associate Marketing Manager with IEEE. Thanks for joining me today for our latest blockchain podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Carlos Sanchez and Robert Panetta from BlockRx. We are all aware that counterfeit medicine is a rapidly rising global epidemic. The size and scope of the issue are reaching a point where the World Health Organization can only roughly estimate that the number of counterfeit meds in the market range from 10 to 30%. Technologists and regulators have come together to try and utilize policy as a means to curtail the problem. Today we are going to look at a new approach using the BlockRx Pharma ecosystem, which is a combination of digital token, blockchain, and the advanced digital ledger technology platform. Carlos and Robert, thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little Thank bit you, about Block? Thank you for having us. Not a problem. Can you tell us a little bit about Block RX? How is it formed, and what is the mission of the initiative? Um, sure, Jeff. Um, so uh, once again, my name is Carlos Sanchez, and um, uh, Block RX uh, project came out of um, our um, uh, looking at the pharmaceutical industry and. Uh, we have been working in the space for some time, um, looking at um, uh, the problems that the pharmaceutical industry is facing and um, looking to provide a blockchain solution uh, for, for the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, from that, we, uh, uh, our takeaway from our experience with um, our parent company, ISOF, is that um, one of the first use cases potentially is, is something um, along uh, something in the supply chain. And so, so we wanted to um, uh, create a, uh, a blockchain solution that could be used within the pharmaceutical industry to help um, with, um, uh, with the uh, logistics and other uh, moving parts of the pharmaceutical block, uh, supply chain. Can you talk a little bit about the block RX Pharma ecosystem and this three-pronged technology approach. How is this different from some of the other solutions that are out there? Uh, yes. So um, there, um, there are other blockchain-based solutions that are um, trying to provide um, uh, some value and and uh, infrastructure, blockchain infrastructure within pharma. But what we found is one of the challenges that we found through our um, through the time that we've spent, it's been um, uh, close to three years working on this, is that um, among other challenges is the, um, the ability for um, legacy systems to be interoperable, to be able to communicate with each other, and to actually interact with a blockchain. So, um, a three-pronged three solution is um, a blockchain, a BlockRx blockchain, a BlockRx token, and the ADLT um, ledger system. And the ADLT is what ties it all together. ADLT uh, um, uh, allows legacy systems when they connect with the ADLT interface, allows them all to uh, interact with each other, share information, and also uh, interact with the um, BlockRx uh, blockchain. 
and also utilize the BlockRx token. Uh, most of the um, other solutions that are out there are not providing, as far as I know, a way for these already established systems within these different organizations to talk to each other and or talk to a blockchain. Uh, these other um, solutions that are out there require a complete revamp of the way they do things um, in order to um, be able to communicate with their blockchain solution. With us, with our ADLT, we will be able to, um, uh, these, these legacy systems will, won't need a complete retrofit. It's just a matter of uh, incorporating into what they're already doing. It's just an add-on uh, interface. That seems like it would be much more convenient for your customers that way. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, not just convenience, but also cost. Cost is a big, uh, a big issue when it comes to uh, implementing a any type of new uh, software, uh, and not to mention a blockchain solution. When you talk about the BlockRx utility token, what is the function within the ecosystem in securing the pharmaceutical supply chain? Uh, thank you, Jeff. The token acts <coughs> to secure the supply chain because it is the means through which data is accessed. So obviously there are smart contracts built into the chain that will define trusted parties and levels of data access, but beyond that, without the token, there is no access, simple as that. And the other function that the token serves is in the creation of a data economy that can help offset the financial burdens of remaining compliant. So by sharing data, which is something the companies don't do at the moment, uh, they will be compensated. So this is one direct route by which pharma companies can offset costs in implementing uh, the, block, the blockchain solution that we offer. And also what makes us different is, that, um, uh, is our token. And what our token does, it allows, uh, it helps with offsetting the cost of implementing a blockchain solution, um, whether it's for the manufacturer or for a trade partner. Um, our, um, the way we, our blockchain is architected, people, participants, um, from manufacturers to patients will be able to earn tokens. And these tokens will be used to incentivize uh, folks to um, um, from patients to sharing data, but not only that, it allows to free up information that <laughs> is that presently exists on the supply chain but isn't monetized. And with something like a token, that information now becomes gets freed up and allows different participants to now monetize their data within the BlockRx ecosystem. And, and that's something that has never been done and, and is not being uh, worked on uh, right now. And this pharma ecosystem that BlockRx has developed, is that, is that for a private or public blockchain? And if you could explain the difference to our listeners, that would be helpful also. Uh, yes. Um, so... A public blockchain, uh, the most commonly known public blockchain, is is Bitcoin. We hear uh, we hear a lot about it in the news, and um, most individuals have um, at least are aware of it and know that it exists. And that, that's known as a public a public blockchain. It's a public it, it, uh, um, yeah, public blockchain in that 
it doesn't require permission to participate in that blockchain, uh, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain or any public blockchain for that matter. Uh, it is um, um, completely permissionless, and all you need to be able to participate in that network is um, the token, the token that's needed in order to make entries into the ledger. Now, a, um, a private blockchain is um, something that is permissioned and requires permission. You can't simply participate in the network by having um, the token. Uh, having the token is not sufficient enough. Um, uh, you will also need an interface, and then the interface is um, is allowed uh, for you, uh, allowed to uh, for end users to to use uh, by permission by giving them either a license or some other um, uh, uh, for, so, uh, some other form to be able to for them to utilize the interface. Um, uh, our our solution um, at, presently with, with its architecture will possibly be a hybrid, a hybrid of both a public and private um, that will allow certain individuals, um, such as patients, to be able to access it, uh, access our blockchain, access our interface by using the token to be able to share information and make entries into the blockchain. Other uh, more um, high-end users such as potential manufacturers, trade uh, trade partners, uh, logistics companies, um, their uh, interaction with the blockchain will be more robust, and that that will be based on uh, um, that will probably be the private aspect to our blockchain. So the interface that they'll be using, the software they'll be using, uh, will be by permission, and they'll be granted permission uh, either through a license or so or some other arrangement. Um, so, so that's um, yeah. So that's uh, um, what our our, uh, our how, how our architecture works. Great, thank you, Carlos. So, what can blockchain technology offer as a solution that other technologies have yet been able to achieve in securing the pharmaceutical supply chain? Uh, right now, other technologies rely on establishing a central database. Uh, implementing a supply chain-wide ERP system, so that would force pharma companies to modify or move away from their legacy systems, and or modifying their existing business process. And as we've said, this is an industry where companies just don't trust one another, and even if they do share a peg in the supply chain or interact with each other, they may still be fierce competitors. So in that case, who will manage the central database, what data do they keep in that database. And then we have, as Carlos mentioned, pharma does not like changing their process or moving away from their legacy systems. And very often uh, they can take up to a decade to make changes, especially on the IT side. Uh, for example, companies have had about five years to get ready for serialization, which is part of the FDA's uh, mandates, which are set to come into effect next month. And still many were so prepared that the FDA pushed back the deadline to be compliant by about a year. So with the BlockRx Pharma ecosystem, we offer all the advantages of blockchain secure uh, solution, namely security, a decentralized environment, where trust isn't even an issue, or as the engineers like to say, a trustless environment, which pharma doesn't like to hear. 
but crucially, we offer a layer that exists on top of their existing process. So they can continue with business as usual with respect to their internal operations while gaining traceability throughout the supply chain. Thanks, Robert. You mentioned security, and that's a nice segue into my next question. We often hear that blockchain is unhackable. What makes the blockchain very secure from a technological framework that would offer trading partners on the pharmaceutical supply chain some level of certainty that sharing of the data is both private and secure? Um, yes, so unhackable. Well, that is, uh, um, that's a big word. Uh, in that, you know, everything is hackable, right? Everything, there's nothing that is unhackable. But, through the architecture of a blockchain, it makes the hacking of it uh, less and, and less possible. And one of the reasons, one among many, is that um, we use um, what it's, uh, what's known as public key cryptography. And public, public key cryptography is a technology that's been around for decades, um, 40 years or so. It's a proven technology. And... Um, it allows for transactions to be done and to be done without um, the only um, um, uh, people that can see what's going on is the intended recipient of the transaction. Um, and, and because it is, um, uh, because it's, because we're using cryptography and we're using hashing algorithms, uh, no one else can, can see the information or can decipher what's within the hash, right? A hash is a, is a digest, it's a code um, that takes and creates a digest of any information you put into it. Um, and so when it comes to blockchain and, and the, the, uh, the point of it being unhackable is that because, um, because it is a distributed network and everyone participating on the network has a copy of the ledger up to uh, in real time, and see what's going on with the ledger. Um, in order for it to be manipulated some way and or hacked, uh, you would have to um, you would have to uh, hack the ledger. And again, in a distributed network, uh, decentralized network, all of the participants have a copy of this ledger. And if at any point um, one of the end users or participants that say their, le their ledger is manipulated or uh, somehow um, uh, changed, um, it, it will show up immediately because it would not correlate with everyone else's ledger. Um, because in addition to uh, the things I mentioned, there's also a consensus module and a consensus aspect to, to, the, to the blockchain. And what that means is that um, everyone has to agree on the ledger, right? And that's one of the rules. So if there is a, um, one of the ledgers are out of sync with the others, um, it will not be accepted as true. And um, uh, it, it, its entries would not be allowed into the blockchain. So theoretically for, for, for the blockchain to be hacked, you would have to hack everyone that has a copy of the ledger simultaneously. Um, which is, pra that's practically impossible. That's a lot of hacking. That's a lot of hacking, yeah. 
Now, I, as I understand it, the Block RX token is the first pharmaceutical ICO offering which started its public sale on September 21st. Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly is an ICO? In technical terms, how are Ether values established? Yeah, so that's correct. Uh, Block RX is, um, and, and the Block RX token is the first uh, pharmaceutical ICO. ICO uh, stands for Initial Coin Offering. And it's commonly used as a way to uh, crowdsource a project um, that is underway, and that's and that's how we're we're using it. We're able to uh, create a token on the what what you refer to as the Ethereum network, and on the Ethereum network, the uh, which is, is is the second largest blockchain uh, in existence. It is very robust. It's been around for a few years now. It's been battle tested. It's constantly being um, uh, attacked, and um, and, and has um, has um, overcome any of those attacks. Um, so, as far as um, ether values, um, our token uh, presently is um, uh, we're offering 210. BKRX tokens, that is the ticker um, for our token, BKRX. Um, and it, it, we're offering 210 BKRX tokens for one Ether coin. Now, depending on the value of the Ether coin, um, the, the, if, the, if you convert it to uh, US dollars, um, it can range from anywhere from um, uh, 85 cents uh, today, at today's value, to um, to potentially a dollar fifteen or, or, or somewhere in that area. Great, thank you for that explanation. With regards to the BlockRx digital token, are there applications beyond the pharmaceutical supply chain? Uh, yes, there are. So we're starting with the pharmaceutical supply chain because it is an obvious application for us, given that we, we have been serving the pharma industry for a while, and that <laughs> supply chain and blockchain just go together. But yes, we are looking at other facets where the BlockRx digital token can be useful. We do plan to move forward with patients and healthcare in general uh, starting in 2018. And beyond that, really any supply chain that is as complex, competitive, and subject to a similar regulatory environment as the pharma industry, uh, we think can be benefited by the BlockRx digital token. So continue watching this space for, for more applications that we, that we venture into. Lastly, how can people find out more information about the BlockRx project and the token? And then when does the ICO close? Uh, well, the ICO will run through October 19th. Um, and for any news or more information, you can just visit our website at uh, blockrx.com. And we are also very responsive on our Telegram and Slack channels, uh, details of which on how to join are available on our website. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again, Carlos and Robert, for joining. Once again, you can learn more about the BlockRx project at www.blockrx.com. And for more information on IEEE blockchain initiatives, visit blockchain.ieee.org.